Hi, it's Tony Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online, inviting you to subscribe to our other podcast called The Grave Talks. It's where I sit down and interview individuals who've had extreme paranormal situations happen to them in their lives. Just search The Grave Talks on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Be sure to press subscribe and give us some stars to help spread the word that this show exists. Now, here's a 15-minute preview of The Grave Talks. Today on The Grave Talks, the haunted 1904 church. In a small, nearly forgotten town in rural Kansas, it's the haunted 1904 church. A relic of a time and a town that's seen better days. Gothic architecture and a storied history of souls passing through its doors in times of celebration and sadness all come with this nearly abandoned structure. In recent years, paranormal investigator Robert Garcia and partners have taken over the haunted 1904 church with the hopes of restoring it giving it new life as a meeting and investigation space into the world of the paranormal. Many of the souls who once spent their Sundays here seem to continue coming back many years after the services have ended. Yeah, the uh, the Haunted 1904 Church is a old Methodist church. It's in La Harpe, Kansas, which is this little tiny town south of Kansas City, about an hour and a half away. It's uh, about half an hour from our other location, the 1858 Garner House Hotel. So it's basically the what was going on was we have the hotel and we wanted to look around and see if we could find another location that we could have uh, much more room in. It, the, the Garner House, we love it, and but it's only big enough for maybe 10 people to be inside it at one time. And so this church kind of appeared out of nowhere and some folks were selling it and they kind of had a weird story to tell us when we went in to look at it and they were gonna stay were not from kansas and they were only there briefly maybe three months that they owned it and they kind of had all kinds of weird experiences inside this church while they were living in it and um some of them had to do with shadow people and noises and voices and things like that and that kind of got our interest and so we began to explore it more and more and so it kind of came to pass that we ended up being the ones who purchased it from them when they moved off to another state Um, and so we've kind of been slowly investigating it in our own time and seeing you know trying to figure out you know what what's the cause of this and their story was so strange that you know they had supposedly a some sort of exorcism from a from a preacher not not a priest but a a, 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 a protestant type exorcism done on one of the members of the family so that's kind of where it started and that was a little over a year ago so these these folks that you bought it from they had converted this this church into a home correct yeah, they were kind of going to do church services and live in it at the same time. So one section of the church was was set off as a living space, and then the the sanctuary portion of the church was 
they were having some sort of lay services in there. Okay. Now, let's expound upon its history a bit. 1904 church, I'm assuming that is the year it was built. Is that correct? Yes, there's a cornerstone on the church that, that definitely states that 1904 was the year of the building of this church. Okay. So that's where the name comes from. So then active as a Methodist church from its inception, pretty close to, to when these folks took it over? Or what was the it, its its history there? I think it kind of quit being an actual functioning church in the 1980s, okay. is from what I from what I've gathered from the folks around the area. Um, the town of La Harp is pretty much have shrunk down to almost nothing. I mean, there's, you know, I can't tell you how many residents are there, but it's it's not a lot. Maybe maybe 25 homes at the most. Sure. So when you have fewer people, you don't necessarily have a, a congregation anymore to support the church, the church or keep it up and running. What did, what did you find before we get into what, what you have discovered and what you've experienced when taking possession of this building? What were some of the stories that you had heard from the locals in, in greater detail, including what you talked about with the owners of having a, an exorcism of some sort? Let's, let's expound upon that a little bit and, and its history and what, uh, what you came to find about the church when it was uh, in its heyday. So exploring its history, it's been kind of difficult. There's really nothing documented out there about this place being a haunted church mm-hmm. or anything of that nature. You know, it, it basically, you know, we had the locals say, yeah, we went to church there back in the 70s or my aunt got married there back in the 60s and, and things along those lines. So that's where the the strangeness of this this haunting is because we can't find any documentation that says this event happened this is why you know we have spirit activity in this church now could it be just that it's you know a hundred years plus old that you know there's just stuff that exists from that time we're not sure yet but as far as documented history we're still doing our research and still trying to find like you know why why are we why do we have a haunting and as far as the folks that live there you know, they, they were living there day and night, so they were living there with their children, and so they were all experiencing different things in different parts of the church. Now, when they had it, the sanctuary was separated by these giant wooden doors, so the sanctuary part and the living part were very separated. So, But one, it seemed like a lot of their activity that they experienced were, was in the sanctuary portion of, of the building. What were some of the things in, in detail that happened to them while they were, were living there and, and experiencing in the sanctuary? Well, they said that um, they had been hearing a lot of voices and seeing a lot of shadows and shadow people moving around inside the uh, sanctuary portion of the church. Um, I think that some of that did you know come over into the, the living area as well. And they kind of mentioned they, – now they were – pretty religious so they that was why they pursued a kind of an exorcism type solution to the issue of the uh activity they're experiencing so i know there was laying on of oils of the the man i think the man felt more kind of uh oh i want to i don't want to it's not possessed but uh oppressed by whatever was going on there and he was the one who kind of i felt was more i don't like this and i want it to go away where i felt she was more 
uh, open to spiritual activity and those sort of things. So I know that a lot of it had to do with that sort of attitude, and they were just really kind of uh, freaked out in a lot of ways by by just the the activity that was going on around them. They, they took the angle, obviously, it makes sense. They're very religious. Was the assumption that this was something dark and demonic immediately because of the religious uh, notions that they were holding, or, or were, what was their thought process? I think so. I mean, I think they thought, like, you know, this can't be good, no mm-hmm. matter what the activity stems from. Sure. So I, that was why I believe they sought the, uh, ex, you know, the... I don't know if you want to say exorcism or excommunication sure. type angle of whatever uh, was happening in that sanctuary. Um, and then, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that goes on. So it's, you know, it's I've experienced some things there as well and things that are different than other places. So did they find any success with their with whatever you want to call it, exorcism, you know, whatever it may be? I don't think so. Um Eventually, they ran into some troubles and ended up. Uh, that's why they were selling the church and leaving the area. So they uh, kind of left in a hurry, okay, and and moved on to another state. And so I don't think you know they were there maybe three or four months. So I, okay. I think they kind of were abruptly gone. So it was really a lot of of their experiences happening in a very short period of time of them being in possession of this building. Right, that's correct. Okay. It seemed to like kind of accelerate for them. Now, did that have to do with them personally? You know, was there something mm-hmm. about them that brought this out, or was it just kind of lying? You know, the building really wasn't occupied since the 1980s, so except for you know some maintenance type people coming and going. Yeah. So, you know, whereas was it just something kind of waiting for human activity again yeah. to be there on a on a full time basis? You know, I don't know. You know, it's it's hard to say. With it not being occupied since the nineteen eighties and, and them only having roughly three to four months of, of inhabiting the, the property, what kind of state was it in while while they were living there? And imagine there'd need to be a lot of uh, renovation work done to to make it inhabitable. Yeah, um, the the building itself, you know, it's it's in pretty good shape actually for for not being really occupied. Now it needs a roof. Uh, the roof is is even after this winter is worse. But you know the uh, the sanctuary itself is pretty much like a time capsule. They just pretty much shut the doors and left everything standing there. So like you're standing in the the sanctuary and it's the flag and the podium and the organs and everything's just sitting there the hymnals the mm-hmm. they're all still in the back of the pews and um, it's kind of got you know that kind of feel now there's different parts that for them they had to renovate like that bathrooms had to, the bathroom had to be redone they had to figure out a heat situation um, you know the kitchen floor is you know it's it's just got some age to it there's parts that if you really wanted it to be a pristine home you'd have to come in and and totally renovate renovate some of those sections but as far as you know being a building that's just kind of been sitting around for that since the 80s it's really not too bad a shape sure i'm looking at pictures of it right now and it it looks like many of the churches the big brick churches that lined you know the the streets of of every town usa for many years and you know many of them are still standing many of them are no longer churches either um you know but they're still there with the stained glass windows and the is is it a bell tower that is is on the cornerstone there 
It does have a bell tower. Now, okay. one time that had a. Um, I don't know if the bell is still up there. Um, I know that it used to have kind of a pointed top on top of that bell tower. Okay. Uh, a roof, and there was a tornado or, or storm that destroyed that. So that's why now it's just a flat square okay. roof. So it'd been like that bell tower. Would have been like the steeple of the building that. Yeah, uh, exactly. That is no longer there. It's it's a you know it looks like it's a beautiful American type you know church that that you would have seen everywhere. I I can totally picture many in my own hometown in Wisconsin that looked like this, and and you know they're, these are coming few and far between as, as to where they how many there used to be around. Many of them torn down, burned down, whatever. Um, but this was this was church for many people, so I could imagine a lot of emotion in that building, whether it had been for a wedding, whether it had been for a holiday service, whether it had been for a funeral. I imagine the folks, you know, who lived in that town, um, you know, spent a, quite a bit of time there while it was an active church and while they were in the town. Yeah. I mean, the, the town is kind of close to a much bigger town called Iola. Mm-hmm. So I think probably the congregations drifted over to those areas where even if you live there you'd probably go over there to where there's a much bigger congregation and much more active church community than you know what would have happened here in this small town that slowly kind of diminished over time sure so you know it, it's just kind of you know with a lack of people around in the church you know what i don't know if it's just something was slumbering or just kind of waiting for human activity but yeah that those folks seem to have that kind of experience there <laughs> I hope you enjoyed your 15-minute preview of our new podcast, The Grave Talks. Be sure to subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download podcasts to not miss any episode of the show. New episodes every single Monday. Just search for The Grave Talks and then press subscribe. Give us a review while you're at it and some stars that will help us grow in the rankings and let other folks know that the show exists to make an even better show for you. The Grave Talks. Check it out at thegravetalks.com.